Welcome to the Sunday Sermons Podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Lord, we need you, and you know that. And we need you, and we know that. So come to our rescue this morning. Come to fill this place. Send your spirit to guide us, lead us, strengthen us, and give us the power to do what you want to get done. Be with your man now as he opens your word for us. Bless his voice and our ears, but especially open our hearts, Lord, for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome to Morrison Hill Christian Church. We say that over and over in the service because we mean it with all our hearts. We're so thankful that everyone is joining us, whether you're in person this morning or whether you're joining us online. Uh, because so many people are joining us online, uh, Noah reminded me I probably should introduce myself sometimes. So if, if you're not familiar with Morrison Hill, my name is John. I lead the ministry team here at Morrison Hill Christian Church. But we are all here together this morning to think about Jesus and to be his body. And that's where we're going. I, I, this, this season, we usually come back to around in one way or another to remember what authentic faith is. And this morning, I've got these two drinks I'd like to, like to show you. Um, this is orange juice, straight up orange juice. And uh, this is unicorn sweat. Yeah. So, um, you probably have some questions. Um, that's okay. Here's the thing. With this unicorn sweat, this is actually a concoction that I created myself, and I called it unicorn sweat. So, you, can, you can't doubt me. You can't, you can't say this isn't authentic, okay? This is, this is exactly what I say it is because I made it up. Now, we all know that there is no such thing as real unicorns, so it can't be literal unicorn sweat, though, and that's where the orange juice comes in. If I say this is orange juice, you can test me on this one, because there is such a thing as oranges, and there is such a thing as orange juice, and this either is or isn't exactly what I say it is. Are you following me on this? And this is, this is where our faith comes in. If we're just making stuff up, if we have some traditions or some things we decide that we want to believe, uh, there's, some room for, there's some room in there. But as Christians, what really matters is we've got to measure everything against what we know is real, what we know is true, what's absolute and real, whether we like it or not, whether we think it's great or not, whether we personally believe it or not, We've got to constantly measure ourselves against that, and we've got to actually live it out. That's what authentic faith is. And it's pretty good. All right? So there you go. We're going to move on and get as practical as we can, so just remember that, but I always like to remind everybody about that as we start um, this season. One of the things we know for sure that's so clear in God's Word is that we are all in a spiritual war. We have a real evil one, and he has real minions, if you will, that are after us all the time. Uh, in Ephesians, Paul makes it really clear that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
And it always feels like it's flesh and blood. It feels like we're fighting just the stuff that's obvious, just the stuff that, that's real. Diseases and ideas, other people, things that, th things that you can talk about, things that you can put your fingers on. But what we've got to remember all the time is our enemy is using those things. It's like, kind of like a puppet. He's trying to manipulate us in those ways. And we're all vulnerable to this. In Ephesians 6.16... Uh, he's, he's been talking about this spiritual warfare, telling us to wear the armor of God. I hope that's familiar to you. You should go back. It's, it's in your bulletin insert. It's posted online. You should go back and read Ephesians 16. But this verse, it says this, Ephesians 6, verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The enemy uses every single arrow he can possibly use. He'll use anything. His agenda is not so much trying to make you do specific wrong things as it is to get you at whatever you're weak at, get you and me at whatever trips us up just to get us off track from where God wants us to be. That's really all he wants. So anything will work, but he does have a few that are favorites. Three flaming arrows that our faith can extinguish if we let it, if we make it with God's help. I'd like to talk about those really briefly this morning, and then we're going to talk about how exactly we can start doing this stuff better than ever this year. The first of these flaming arrows is discouragement. If he can get you discouraged, he's got you. How many feel a little bit discouraged right now? Anybody? Maybe with how your job's going, maybe with just how the economy's going, maybe with how life's going, maybe with diseases, maybe with just whatever. I don't know what it is. But if you can get discouraged, you start moving a little slower. You start making a few less plans. You start dreaming a little smaller. You start thinking, well, I don't know if I can do this or not. You start feeling small. And when he's got you there, he can get you off track pretty easily. But listen where the hope is in that. God said all throughout his scriptures, here's one example, Joshua 1.9. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see how that extinguishes that flaming arrow? It's not about, he's not just saying, hey, stop being discouraged. Just suck it up. Stop it, stop it, stop it. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I am with you. And when we remember that God is with us, that can fight discouragement. Does this make, does this make sense? And it works with the same other two that we're highlighting this morning. The second a big flaming arrow is disconnection. And the devil will use anything to disconnect us from God. To disconnect us from our own hearts. To disconnect our brains from the things we know to be true. And actually consider some things that we deep down know can't be true. But we're going to consider them and maybe even believe them for a while. He's going to disconnect us from our families. Disconnect us from, this, from the closest relationships that God has given us to hold us together and make us strong. He's going to disconnect us from our church. He's going to disconnect us from the global church. He's going to disconnect us in any possible way he can because he knows that God created, listen, God created us to work together. God created us to never be alone. God created us to work in connection with him and with other people. 
We cannot let that fiery arrow destroy us. In Hebrews uh, chapter 10, the writer says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. There's God saying again, this is how you can be strong in those moments. This is how you can extinguish those flaming arrows. I am with you. He who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. One more that I'd like to highlight this morning. This is, in my experience, these are some of the devil's three favorite flaming arrows. Not the only ones, but he uses these all the time. And I definitely see them in this season right now. The third one is division. And it builds on those other two. But division takes it to another level. Division is says, I am so discouraged right now. I feel so disconnected right now that I'm not just going to kind of feel that way. I'm going to start digging in here. I'm going to build myself a little shelter in this disconnected spot. I'm going to put up some walls between me and these people that I feel disconnected from. I'm going to not just feel a little disconnected from God. I'm going to declare myself agnostic or something. I am going to build up some walls. I am going to be divided. This dividedness is going to define me. And if he can take us to that spot, he's pretty much got us. That's why he loves these flaming arrows so much. But again, God's word can extinguish that if we just let it. Paul writes, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. This is something that is possible because God empowers it to happen and because he has empowered us to work and make it happen. And when that happens, we can extinguish these flaming arrows. Do you guys believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Here's the thing. I'd like you to, uh, there, there's one word in the middle of that that I really love. It's called harmony. And I want to illustrate kind of how that works this morning. So you can join in from home if you want. But here, here I really need your base help. This group over here, when I point to you, I need you to make this note. Really? Sing along with me. La. Ready? Here we go. La. Okay? You guys. When I point at you guys, I want you to go. La. Ready? Here we go. La. That was pretty good. A little louder. I need, I need it strong. Here we go. La. That's pretty good. Here we go. Hey, we're getting there, we're getting there. Okay, la, la. You guys are going to be la. Ready? One, two, three. La. We're getting there, we're getting there. Here we go. La. La. Okay, you guys are going to be high. I need some air in there, okay? Yeah. La. <clears throat> Excuse me. La. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> we'll take it, we'll take it. Okay, so one more time. Everybody practice. And then we're, we're going to do it. You're going to all hit it at the same time. Okay? Everybody's going to hit your note. So remember where your note is. We're going to all hit these four different notes at the same time. La, 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 la. I'll join you guys and hit the higher one. Okay? Here we go. This is me pointing at everybody. One, two, three. La. Isn't that cool? That's harmony. 
It's not all the same thing. We're not all singing the same note, but that's okay. It's all done, all the different things are done with intention. All the different things are done with purpose. All the different things are done syncing ourselves up with the same plan and the same idea. We're doing it all together. Does that make sense? That's what harmony looks like. And that's, the, that's what can extinguish the flaming arrow of the evil one. Let's say this out loud together if you would. Faith extinguishes Satan's flaming arrows. Nothing can beat discouragement and disconnection and division like trust-based action. And that is always what the Bible is talking about when it says the word faith. However, when we work together, we can protect ourselves and protect each other and advance at the same time. And that's no matter the circumstances. When Paul was describing the armor of God, when he was writing that immortal passage in Ephesians 6, he was imagining in his head the way the Romans did their, their armor. And their shields were not only big enough to protect them and strong enough to protect them, but they kind of could connect. I don't know if you've seen pictures of this, but they could all shield, 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 and they'd have some of them up on top. And they could actually advance at the same time as they were trying to protect each other. And this is the dream. This is how it can happen if we do it God's way. Let's say this out loud together as well. We must all use the gifts God gives us. One more time. We must all use the gifts God gives us. Here's where it starts getting exciting. Here's where it starts getting into the stuff that we're really going to focus on today and over the next several weeks. There are several gifts that God gives us and he gives to everybody. There are several gifts that are available to anyone who's willing to trust in Jesus. They're unconditional. They're part of what, Jesus, what he offers to anyone who responds to Jesus and puts all their faith in him. And again, faith is trust-based action. It's not just saying, sure, yeah, I think Jesus is who he says. You give him your life. But these are gifts like what Romans 3 talks about, where it says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 14, 27, Jesus is talking to believers, people who have put their faith in him. And he says, I give you peace of mind and heart. I give you a kind of peace that the world cannot give. That's available to all believers. That's not a special gift. That's available to everyone. And collectively, he gives us a bunch more. We just don't have enough time to go over every single one of them. But there's so much stuff that God offers as a gift to every single one of the people in his family. Anyone who's willing to join his family has those things available. And then on top of that, he has some special ones that the Holy Spirit gives to specific people. We're going to talk about that in a second. First, let me remind you about a really cool parable Jesus told. It's one of his shortest ones. It's about a mustard seed. When I say mustard seed, most people probably thought about the little short one he talked about faith. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Who thought of that one when I said that? Good. Good job. Way to remember that. That's also true. But this one says this. A mustard seed is very small. This is... It's, you're going to blink and miss it, so pay attention. So the mustard seed is very small, but when it grows, it turns into a really big tree. Birds build their nests in it, and people find shelter under it. There it is. That's the story. 
But the danger is a lot of times here, especially here in America, what we do is we try to Americanize this. We try to individualize this. We try to make the moral of the story that Jesus just told, that little short story, be how I can be strong. Hey, I'm not much, but I'm going to be big someday. I'm not much, but I'm going to spread out. With Jesus' help, I'm going to be something else. But notice, he doesn't say you are like a mustard seed. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. This dream happens when we work together. He's not talking about how strong you as an individual can be. He's saying how exponentially, how supernaturally, how unbelievably, but still true, that God's kingdom can grow when we actually accomplish God's will together. Gift Gugu Mona writes this, when the body of Christ unites, the enemy will have no one to divide. When the body of Christ unites, the enemy will have no one to divide. And this is because Jesus' dream is not just to unite the people that are already part of his body, but to slowly grow into taking over the entire world and everybody becomes part of his body. And if we all who are part of his body are constantly submitting to him, daily syncing up with him and we're constantly syncing with each other everybody else who's doing that same thing then there's actually hope for this again we're talking about the body of Christ we work together now those of you that watch online you'll notice the little box is gone uh, that's a gift to you I think it's going to work a little better for you guys those of you who can't see what I'm doing here don't worry about it it's up there on the screen cool so if you can't see it from where you are, that's okay. This just allows them to see what you're seeing up there right this second. But we're talking about this morning about the body of Christ. And again, James tells us that every single good and perfect gift comes from God. That's everything in the world, rain and sunshine and all the good stuff, and especially all the things that he gives to all of his people. In Romans 12, though, he starts talking about how God's dream, though, is to work in harmony. That not everybody has the exact same things. We all have some of the same things. And then we also have some specific gifts. We all have some things that the Holy Spirit gives us and empowers us to do differently. This, uh, all, all of these are in the bulletin insert. All of these are being posted online. All of these scriptures I'm referencing are all in there. But the key ones are Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and 1 Peter chapter 4. Those are the key ones, and there's several others that harmonize with them. 1 Peter 4 talk, kind of mentions these gifts and emphasizes love and hospitality more than any of them. But again, we're going to break down what these represent in a second, but it's all the body of Christ working together. In Luke's ni Luke 19, Jesus tells a story about another rich, uh, rich person walking away and giving everything that he has to his servants and entrusting them to grow his kingdom for him while he's gone. He actually told several of those stories. One we told last week, it was from Matthew 25. There were just three servants. In this one, it starts out really different, but ends the same way. It starts out this time with 10. And instead of each one of them getting different amounts of stuff, they all get the same amount of stuff. 
But this time, he's still gone for a long time. When he comes back, they've all worked different ways. They're all better at doing certain things. So some of them have made more money. And he doesn't get all the way through the list. He doesn't get all the way through all ten of them. He, he only gets through the first three. And so it ends the exact same way as the story we looked at last week. One guy gets rewarded a whole lot because he did a whole lot. One guy gets uh, rewarded a little bit because he did a little bit. One person did nothing. And he gets everything taken away. Even the stuff that, all the stuff that he was supposed to invest gets taken away because he didn't invest it. And once again, it's the exact same message from Jesus. The exact same moral of the story. These gifts that I'm giving you, says Jesus, these gifts that I'm giving you are given for a purpose. You're supposed to use them. You're supposed to invest them. They're not just for you. They're to be used to build my kingdom, to encourage each other, to serve God, to serve the world, to change the world around you. So let's say this out loud together. We must each play our part. Now that's pretty good, except I need this to stick and I need you to be a little more bold about it because this is who we are. This is what we do. You ready? We must each play our part. God creates and empowers each of us in unique ways. But there are some specific gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the scriptures are very clear. We're going to look at those ones I mentioned, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4. We're going to marinate in those over the next several weeks. This morning I'm just kind of throwing them out there. I want you to read them for yourself. I want you to marinate in them yourself. But one of the things they make clear is this. The Holy Spirit himself is in charge of who gets those gifts. These ones are available. The ones that go to everybody are available to anyone who gives everything to Jesus. He gives you back not only salvation, which is a free gift, but also all these other things. But then the Holy Spirit has these other special ones. He has some that there. And there's a long list of them. I've broken them into three shorter ones just to help us make sense of it, if you will. The first one we're going to say are the senses. Now these gifts are um, represented in these passages that I just mentioned. They're represented by the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, the sense of taste, the sense of touch. But in anybody, there are senses, that anybody that's working well, at least, there are senses. And we are able to interact with the world around us in really, well, really good, effective ways. We can listen, we can talk. We can communicate with God. We can communicate with each other. And these senses work that way. So for example, here just, again, we're just kind of introducing this. We're going to dig really deep over the next several weeks. Here are some of those gifts. Prophecy, which is hearing from God. Mercy, which is knowing that you can make a strategic, um, really getting how to make a strategic, I can't get into that, it's too deep. Wisdom discouragement, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> discouragement, wisdom, discernment, and special knowledge. There's more on here, specifically uh, some of the ones that I haven't written up there is tongues and interpretation. That's a whole nother deep subject. We're coming to that one too, so be ready. But uh, there, these are some of these ones. These are the ones, these gifts, what I'm calling the senses, these are the ones that allow you to hear from God and allow you to be really effective at taking other people's messages to God. These are the ones that help us all listen to each other. 
These are the things that help us hear what the world is saying, what the world is crying out, and get the whole body of Christ to respond to that. These are the ones that help us communicate well to each other, to communicate what God is telling us and communicate what God is, what, what this person is saying to that person, help them communicate with each other better. They're the senses that help us to communicate with the world more effectively. Does that make sense? Thank you. Two, two. Nobody even got that one. That's okay. We're going to move right on. A.T. Pearson says there has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. And I'm just going to throw you out, throw this out to you that if you, while I was telling you that, something sparked you, you go, I think that might be me. You need to pray about that. Because those gifts are an extra measure of prayer, an extra calling of prayer. And one of the reasons why I believe that our church is still existing at all, let alone still thriving and even growing. We've got visitors here this morning. It's because there are people that are passionate about praying. They're using some of these very gifts that I was talking about just a minute ago. They are praying for God's will to be done here on a regular basis. But prayer, again, is one of those that's available to everyone in the body. There's just an additional gifting from the Holy Spirit to some people that takes it to another level. All right, so we keep on going. Number two, the body of Christ also has a bunch of gifts that we're calling the core gifts, at least for this series. In these passages, these are represented more by like your heart, um, by that, that kind of thing, which is in your core. But let me explain how this works. This is like your cardiovascular system. It's your nervous system. Again, there's some bleed over between all of these, but this is how all of the parts of the body communicate. But if you, these gifts, these actual gifts, are things like leadership and teaching, giving and encouraging. These gifts that we're going to call the core gifts over the next several weeks, these are the ones that keep everything else going. If these stop, everything stops. Are you with me? If your heart stops beating, you're done. If your lungs start moving, you're done. If, you start, if your digestive system shuts down, you're done. Are you with me? If your nerves aren't connecting, it doesn't matter how good your, the nerves in your hands are. If they're not talking to your brain, it's not going to work. These core gifts are the ones that keep everything going. And finally, oh, one more quote. This is a good one. G.K. Chesterton says, We do not want, as the newspapers say, a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. If you, as I explained, just highlighted what those gifts are, if you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, that made you excited. I'm the one, I, I want to help drive the train. I'm one of the ones that wants to keep things going. There's a chance you hear that quote and you go, yes, we're supposed to move the world. There's a chance that you might have these core gifts. And I'm encouraging you to pray about that and think about that. And over the next several weeks to really lean into that and see if that might be you. Then there are what we're calling the limbs. I say limbs because in these actual passages it says hands and feet, but hands and feet can't do anything without the arms and legs that are attached to them and constant communication with the rest. Um, these gifts include faith, which again is trust-based action, healing, miracles, 
helping and serving in practical, hands-on ways. That's why we often call this kind of service being the hands and feet of God. It also includes evangelism and sharing the gospel. It includes a lot of different things that we do outside of our own community. So, if you notice on your bulletin on the front, it's got this exact graphic. If you've got a pen with you or something, you might want to write these down. You'll see them again. But you might want to write down senses, core, limbs, just to help you remember. The whole thing is in this, and all of this will be put online as well. Here's one more quote for you, though. And as we start to wrap up this morning, I, I, I understand that today we're kind of just kind of laying a foundation. This might not be the most emotionally moving, most powerful message you've ever heard. But as we wrap up this morning, I, I hope that this will actually begin a genuine transformation for our whole congregation. I'm excited about where I really believe God is leading us. So please don't tune me out in these last few moments together. If you got excited hearing about the hands and feet thing, there's a chance that you're, that's your gifting. It doesn't mean you don't pray. It doesn't mean you can't hear from God. It doesn't mean you don't help each other communicate at all. Some of those gifts on some level are available to everyone. But you're the person who's like, yes, let's get stuff done. Let's stop talking about it. Let's get it done. Yes, just tell me what I'm going to do. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Oh, what are we doing this week? Let's do that thing. That might be you. Pray about that. Think about that. Because if you're that special gift, that's what's going to make you come alive. One of the most famous people with that gift is Mother Teresa. She said, I know that I am touching the living body of Christ in the broken bodies of the hungry and the suffering. And that's the secret behind all of these things. Is this is, uh, we all have access to God. Everyone in the body of Christ has access to so much, but through these specific giftings that he gives us, that's where you really connect with God. That's where you really experience him. When you allow, you embrace these gifts and you start using them on a daily basis, you start practicing them, getting better at them and getting, getting more learned about them and hearing God better and hearing each other better, working in harmony better as we all use these. When that happens, that's when God shows up in unmistakable ways. That's when God's kingdom getting built becomes tangible on this earth. That's when nobody can argue with it anymore. That's where it comes out of the, hey, it's, it's what I say it is. You can't argue with me. And it becomes something, well, you can reject it, but you can't argue with it. It is what it is. So this is a challenge this morning. Almost every single sermon has something at the bottom that says, Lord, I will. This morning, we've added a couple phrases. And I'm asking you to honestly do this. On the back of this Insert, and again, this will be posted online as well. This gives you several resources, not only the scriptures that I mentioned, but also some online resources to do exactly what I'm asking you to do this morning. First part is, I want you to pray this prayer, and I want you to write something down. Even write it down this morning if you would, but definitely do that this week. Lord, as part of your body, I will, and we're talking about this. This is available to everybody, okay? But... I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to encourage the people around me more. I'm going to reconnect in any way that I've become disconnected. I'm going to actively build others up. And however God leads you to do one of those three things, I want you to write that down. Everybody got it? 
I'm serious about this. I really need you to do this. I mean, this isn't a wonderful little emotional kind of a, hey, wouldn't that be great if we all did this? I'm asking you, please do this. In Jesus' name, do this. Second one is, Lord, to clarify the part that you created me to play, I will do one of these. Actually, all of them. I will study. I will pray. I will fellowship. That means talk to each other about it. Hey, what do you think my gift is? What do you think your gift is? Let's, let's work together and figure that out. And also, you can use these resources. On this insert, what you're going to see online is some spiritual gift assessment resources, some personality assessment resources. These are actually just a whole lot of fun and help you enjoy life together a lot more, work together on in, in any situation, not just at church. But especially if you would also just marinate in these three passages that I keep mentioning, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4. And just see where God takes you. And over the next of these next several weeks, we're going to work together to not only discover who of us is each one of these, but specifically within those categories. What is your gift? What is your role? What is your personality? What is the way? How did God make you? And what are you going to do? How are we going to do it all together? This is what this entire series is called. This next six weeks. It's called Be the Body. Be the Body. That's what we're going to do together. It's not that nothing has ever happened in this direction before. So much goodness has happened in this direction for years and years ever since Morrison Hill was ever started in the first place. But we're asking God to take it to a level it's never been before. I'm asking you to do these specific things that we talked about this morning so that he can and so that he will. Are you game? You ready? As we stand and sing just now, would you, st would you stand, would you sing, and would you take the first step toward whatever God is calling you to do? That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.